Today on the show, we have Rami Youssef, an actor, stand-up comedian, co-creator, and writer of Hulu's new TV series, Rami. This is Eklas. And this is Mecca. You're listening to Identity Politics, a podcast on race, gender, and Muslims in America. Mecca, tell the people where they can find us. You can find us wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Acast. You can also find us online at identitypoliticspod.com, on Twitter at identitypolpod, and on facebook.com slash identitypolitics. And remember, if you like what you hear, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Hey Mecca, Ramadan Mubarak. Ramadan Kareem. Man, can you believe that we're halfway through Ramadan? I I can't. Like, <laughs> I feel like time just exists on a different plane in Ramadan. Yeah, it's so weird. Because I feel like it'll go through these phases where like the days feel really long. And then like the closer the end of Ramadan is, it's like it just speeds up. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> trying to get these lessons, trying to catch them yeah. left and right. <laughs> Don't have time. Exactly. And so I'm just like thinking about too how like you'll be super ambitious when Ramadan starts. Like... I know I'm like in this WhatsApp group that I like never participate in for like the past couple of years. Just yeah, but sometimes I like lurk. And so people were like sharing their Ramadan goals and they were like, I'm going to start wearing hijab every day. I'm going to pray five times a day plus sunnah. I'm going to do tarawih every night. I'm going to read a juice every day. <laughs> and I'm, Zero to a hundred. Yes. But I'm laughing because it's like so often we will do that where it's just like you already don't have regular things set in practice and then like all of Mm -hmm. a sudden you're like making this big leap and so even for myself you know like last episode I was like I'm gonna read a juice every day I'm like an Arabic and you know read the English as well but it's like that's not even something I was doing every day (laughs) so like (laughs) what makes you think that like now you'll be doing that every day when it's like it is a you know it's a challenging thing at least for me it's a challenging thing so I've definitely have not been super committed to that goal yeah yeah I totally hear that I also you know Islam is all about consistency like those consistent (laughs) deeds how those mean the most and so figuring out what the consistency is so like you mentioned like starting too strong and then dropping off but I think there's also the opposite where you're just like oh this round down is going to be so stressful so you really just like don't do anything (laughs) which is usually my approach where it's like I'm not going to go to Tarawee because I need my sleep like I'm going to just like do the minimum I'm not going to do any physical activity you have to like carry me to work like it's just like I'm not trying to do anything and then all of a sudden I'm like Ramadan is halfway over like I haven't volunteered anywhere like have I given to charity like what is happening (laughs) because like you're like oh snap this month is like super important and there's so much baraka in this month and you're like I'm missing out on like everything I could be getting and so it's like this (sighs) mad rush I know. But, you know, I think it's good. It's a good point, the halfway point to stop and check in and recalibrate a little bit and figure out, you know, what what have I been doing? What haven't I been doing? And how do I want to adjust accordingly? But, you know, do enough. Don't do too much. Yeah, definitely don't do too much. We, I look forward for us, like, just checking in maybe, like, next episode and, like, seeing 
what's changed, like what hasn't changed. <laughs> Absolutely. So I don't know if you can remember a time before Ramadan because this month has felt like 10 months, <laughs> but right before Ramadan, you may recall a new show that hit Muslim Twitter by storm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. So I don't know about Muslim Twitter, but I just know it by our WhatsApp group for <laughs> the identity <laughs> politics team. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's this new Muslim show? <laughs> I know. Shout out to Aya and Hibba for keeping us hip and young. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, yeah, I know about Rami from our WhatsApp group, but you knew about it before me. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm a lurker on these Twitter yes. streets. I'm always looking to see what people are talking about. So I saw all the stuff about this show and it was like, I had never seen a reaction like this. Like even when Hasan Minhaj got his show on mm -hmm. Netflix, I feel like everyone was just like, oh, cool. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, that's nice. But just RTing the like Netflix announcement, you know. But this, it was like people talking about how they felt seen, how this is so groundbreaking, how this is, you know, like this is everything. Yeah. And so I was like, ooh, like what is this? Like what is this show about? So I watched most of it. Mm -hmm. I think you actually watched all of I it, I did right? watch all of it. Yeah, I binged. <laughs> Yeah. And I think like it, connecting it to what we were just talking about and like our Ramadan goals, one of the things that I find to be really interesting about the show that's really different is it's about this young Muslim guy who's like trying to do right, trying to stay on the straight and yes. narrow. And then, you know, temptation, obstacle, everything keeps getting, being thrown his way mm -hmm. and things don't really turn out how he expected. Like, do you remember his, like, do the Ramadan yes, episode? Yes, of course. I was like, first of all, this whole series and then specifically that episode where so many times I'm like, I am Rami. Oh my gosh. <laughs> where it's just like, especially too, where this show catches Rami in this like transition point where he's like, okay, I got to figure out how to like be on my Dean a little bit more, just like a little bit more serious. And so I just like love like, the friendships in these because people are like BS man like and all of his friends were like what are you doing yeah. and it's like you do see like Rami like do these like how we're just talking about like zero to a hundred leaps <laughs> and then like come back to zero again so I just like love it for that realness of like if you are someone who's trying to become like more religious just the reality of like having to interact with your friends in a different way when you're trying to do that. Mm -hmm. And then just like internally being like, how do I make like consistent steps to be like whoever it is I want to be? And then like, also, who do you want to be? <laughs> like, what are you yeah. trying to do? What are you trying to do? And how are you going to get there? Do you have a plan? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. So much of it is like ad hoc. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but I don't want to give too much of the show away. Um, we did reach out to our listeners via Twitter mm -hmm. and did a little poll um, to see what people thought of the show. Eklas, how did people react? Yeah, it, the feedback was really interesting. So we learned that like half hadn't checked it out yet. So I was part of that half. A quarter loved the show, and then a quarter wasn't feeling the show. Really interested in that quarter that wasn't feeling the mm. show and, like, why they didn't like it, which, you know, out of all of that, it's a pretty mixed bag. So yeah. after we did that, we thought it would be a good idea to bring Rami onto the show to find out how his Ramadan has been going 
in the wake of this like huge career milestone by getting this show on Hulu and what his goals are for the show and to respond to some of the early reviews of his show, which I know, Mecca, you were like reading a lot of the reviews and some were like pretty critical, right? And I promise I have a life, but whenever <laughs> there's pop culture and then things writing about pop culture, I just consume it all. So yeah, we talked to him about that too. Yeah. So I posted on Instagram too that we interviewed Rami and I know that a lot of you were excited about this interview and we're really excited for you to hear it. So we hope you enjoy. Let's do it. So we want to say thank you to all of our listeners who submitted such great reviews. Heart emoji, heart emoji, heart emoji. We officially reached our goal of 200 for this season. Amazing. (laughs) But that doesn't mean you should stop. Okay, I know. I know we say this every episode now, but it's serious, y'all. We shouldn't stop. Help us get ahead of next season's goal of 300 reviews by still encouraging all of your fans and family to give us five stars. Yes. And like we were just chatting how if we had been asked to do this, we literally would have just clicked five stars. But you guys are like pouring your heart out in the comment section, like writing entire in-depth analyses of the show and like what we're doing. We absolutely love it. So we wanted to share a couple of highlights from some of our favorite reviews. So thank you to Candy Gal, one, two, three, four. She did some kind of math that I love. She said a hundred out of 10 would recommend. I definitely support that math. That makes a lot of sense to me. (laughs) We also had Marie 20 who said, listening to this podcast feels like listening to an effortless chat between two friends, but it's clear much effort goes into it. Each episode is a carefully crafted conversation about race, gender, Islam, pop culture, and politics. Nearly every topic is something I continue to think of throughout the week and often end up discussing with my own friends. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much for that review. Don't you feel like that like really captures what we try oh to God. do on this show? <laughs> I want to put this on my resume. Like, can I put this (laughs) at the top of my LinkedIn profile? (laughs) Seriously, it's so great. Like when we started the show, one of the things we, you know, often stress is we want to make this a conversation that's happening in the living room. So it's great to hear that. Um, Next up, we have Hada7. Uh, she or he says, you both are so thoughtful, smart, and have totally mastered the balance between vulnerability and letting people all up in your business. Thank you. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you both and your families. I mean, (laughs) if you guys want to just drop duas for us in the reviews, we're happy to take those as well. Oh my gosh. Always. Also, I love that, like letting people all up in your business. It's such. I'm glad glad they picked up on that. You know, it's like, we're going to. We're going to share something, but no, this is for you. (laughs) And the last review we'll share is from Quran app. We're not sure if this is like actually a Quran app. (laughs) Like, does somebody own a Quran app and you're posting about it? If so, you know, cool. We thank you anyway. Um, So Quran app says, I appreciate so much that you both are black Muslim women who bring in your tremendously valuable perspectives on different issues. 
all of which help me learn about Black and African-American Muslims and give me vocabulary to spread the knowledge to family and friends. Wow. Thanks so much for that. Seriously. Alhamdulillah. That's so great. Yeah. Thank you all for these amazing reviews. Please, please, please feel free to keep sharing all of this love. Tell everybody in your network, your cousin, your sister, your grandma, your first grade teacher, your bus driver. I'm telling anybody that you interact with, tell them to check out our show. Tell them to drop us five stars if they like what we hear. Thank you so much for helping us reach this season's goal and help us get ahead of next season. Yeah. Also, 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 because you guys have been so amazing at submitting reviews, we have a surprise coming for you. It's something that we haven't done before that we really want to offer y'all. So just look for the next episode. Make sure you're checking our social feeds because we have something very exciting unraveling very, very soon. So today on the show, we have Rama Yusuf, an actor and stand-up comedian and co-creator and co-writer of Hulu's new TV series, Rami. Welcome to the show, Rami. Hey, thanks for having me. Also, Ramadan Mubarak, or should I say Ramidan Mubarak? Oh, man. Yeah, that was that was always when I was a kid. People would be like, it's Ramidan, you know, and everyone, and, uh, and it became, you know, it became a nickname real, real quick. But I feel like this year it like legit is Ramadan. I mean, you released your show just before the start of this month. Yeah. And I'm curious, like, how has this Ramadan been for you, given all of the exposure, the press, all of that? It's funny because we have this episode titled Do the Ramadan. And so yes. a bunch of a bunch of people have been like, All right, it's time to do the Ramadan, let's do it. And and, and that's been really <laughs> that's been really funny. Um and uh yeah, I mean it's it's been it's been really cool. I mean, I think there's so many conversations that have come out of the show, um, pretty much every which way, uh, which I think was always the point and and by design. And so uh, it, it's it's kind of nice that it's happening right now. Um, and for me, it's been really great to have Ramadan happen after all of this craziness because then you can just unplug, you know, and, yeah, uh, sure. and, and it's just pretty simple, you know, there's, it's pretty simple. Uh, and real life me is, I, uh, you know, think much better at Ramadan than, uh, show me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The do the Ramadan episode at the end, I was like, Oh no, <laughs> I was like, Rami was doing so well. Yeah, and yeah. then I was also like, this is very much real life. I was like thinking of the times in my life where I've like done Ramadan and I'm like, yeah, you got it this year. You're going to do well. You're not going to mess it up. And then like at iftar time, you're like, damn. Yeah. Okay. It's a journey. It's a journey. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, it's very, it's funny. It's very relatable. I think for people even who haven't, you know, done Ramadan or it's not part of their life. I mean, cause you can, it's anybody, right. It's anyone who has this idea of a higher self for them and, you know, living up to their potential and, you know, doing the right thing. And, it, it, but it manifests in so many ways. I mean, you could get up and, you know, be like, okay, today's my day where I'm going to work out and drink a green shake and you start off so good. <laughs> and then, you know, it's 2am and you're in the drive through with a bag of chicken nuggets and a frosty, yes. and, you know, and it's just, oh yeah, it's all over. You know, I, I, I fell, yeah. you know, and it's, it's very, yeah. um, it's, it's human. And, um, and so it, exploring that in, in a real way was, uh, was really important to us. For sure. 
So, like Mecca said, you released the show like right before Ramadan, and I was like very late on the bandwagon. So I think like the night before Ramadan started, I like had watched five episodes, and I was like, man, okay, I have to get these all in before Ramadan starts <laughs> because I still hold on to this tradition from as a kid. My mom didn't allow us to watch TV during Ramadan. That's amazing, and so it's one of yeah, I know, right? It's one of those things where it's like, ah,、oh, parents can be like so good at like instilling. Things in you, so I was like, I have to binge watch like the night before. But I still had two episodes left the first day of Ramadan, and I was like, okay. I was like really justifying. I was like, this is a Muslim show, you know? <laughs> oh, oh no, that doesn't work with this. I was like, it will help me get through Ramadan. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> one of the things like watching Rami, I really like、um, how it feels just like very real and normal. To the daily experiences of Muslims, right? Of and you've mentioned this before in several interviews of just like being human, right? Like you, you can still have your faith and be navigating that, but also have very human experiences. And I'm thinking about like other shows or just different creatives who have been. Kind of redefining what it means to be Muslim, what it means to be, you know, religious. You know, what does that mean for you to be someone who has faith, who is, and I don't know if you would categorize yourself as this as religious. What does what does it mean to you?、Uh, I, I definitely would would categorize myself as religious and, and having faith. And you know, I think for me with this show,、um, it's not about. Redefining it's it's almost it's almost like the media landscape prior to this is is what has redefined you know the meaning of our identity and our faith and the way it looks and the way it's practiced you know and so it's it's kind of trying to、um, chip away at that and show something、uh, that is human for this type of family and these types of of, of, of characters and and so really the the goal here is to. Do a reframe of things for sure. I mean, you have the,、uh, you know, we had this episode where,、um, you know, in our pilot, we used to open it up at the mosque.、Uh, right now, it opens up with a scene of me and my mom in the car. But when we first delivered the pilot to the network, it, it opened up at the mosque, and the first thing you heard was Arabic being spoken. And when the network tested that scene and text tested the whole episode, the test audiences, which is you know just an average pool of Americans watching. I、uh, thought it was a show about terrorism, just because it was at the mosque, and just because we were speaking in Arabic, and and because you know you hear Allahu Akbar coming through the megaphone, and and so、uh, that's the baseline of where we're at because of previous redefining, and so now you know something like this,、uh, it, it's about reframing that com- you know completely as much as we can, and and that's really important to me, you know, and 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 I think the way for me to do that.、Uh, Is to make something raw and, and human, and and、uh, show this type of Muslim experience, which is very limiting, you know, in terms of, I mean, there's a, a billion of us close, closing in on two billion, so so this portrait、um, is really just like one family photo, you know. I don't think any family photo would ever claim to be,、uh, you know, how everyone looks or how everyone acts. Who would you say this show is for? Like, who's the target audience for that message of humanity? The the intent is not 
to create something that is a documentary about Islam. And so I think what we're kind of dancing around as various Muslim communities is essentially what is the responsibility for a piece like this? And what, what exactly are we looking for? Are we looking for a documentary about Muslim life? Are we looking for a how-to? Are we looking for um, a good image, you know, PR? Um, th- these are all the things that come up. And, and, and so for me, uh, I say my main goal is to humanize. And the way that I interpret that is to show someone dealing with their problems. And I think this show is for anyone who is open to seeing the artistic expression of that uh, and is open to, you know, looking at uh, an, an honest, what I believe is an honest exploration of someone struggling within the confines of their faith. I mean, this character isn't even questioning his faith. He's actually pretty unshakably Muslim. He's questioning himself within his faith. And so uh, when I look at who should watch this, I think it's anyone who's into this tone, who's into this approach, you know, people who are into dark comedies, people who are into thoughtful films, people who are into things that are messy. And that ends up being people who sit in various communities. Um, That ends up not exactly being what various Muslim communities are used to or want for this kind of story. Uh, But I do find that uh, those Muslims who are open to that kind of, uh, you know, whether it be from filmmaking or art or however they look at those who are open to that uh, really understand what's happening here and really appreciate it and really like it. And and I found, you know, uh, people from, you know, I've gotten an email from, uh, I got an email that said, uh, I'm a, evangelical Christian father of three and I am Rami. <laughs> you know, that, that, that was the, the first sentence in the email. I love that. And, so and I, was, I was out at dinner the other night and there was a woman who uh, was sitting, we were at a communal table and after about 20 minutes, she was like, I'm sorry, I just have to tell you, I'm in, I'm in the sixth year of studying to be a rabbi and I'm telling every Jewish person I know they have to watch your show because <laughs> it's, it's such a look at, at faith and, and then how we do things. And, and then I was at, you know, Friday prayers at the mosque last week and, and a bunch of people being like, dude, yo, man, I, yo, man, I don't want my parents to watch it, but that's my life. <laughs> like the worst kept you know? secret now that we're all like this yeah. is our life <laughs> you know and and and, and so it, it it's hitting you know anyone who uh who's open to viewing this kind of experience and this kind of exploration in this way and and so i, I feel crazy sometimes when i say it's for everyone but it it, it i think the question you know the question kind of hints at is this for muslims and, right. and the answer is that's some, you know, I mean, it, it, it's mm-hmm. and, and to even say Muslims is it's, it's so broad, you know, it, it doesn't really it doesn't really hit what's going on. I would say if someone asked, is this for Arabs? I would say, yeah, this is for Arabs. Hmm. Arabs need to watch this <laughs> for sure. Arabs need to look at this. And, mm-hmm. and 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 this is for them. And I don't I have not met Arabs that say this isn't us. I mean, maybe there are some who are in denial and want to say that, but <laughs> most Arabs who are who are being legitimately open are like, yeah, yeah, no, we this is this is a guy, you know. <laughs> it's so not funny. all of us, but every Arab's like, I know that guy, I know that mom, right. I know that uncle, mm-hmm. I've been to that mosque, you know, and and I think that um, you know, so it, it's there's a lot going on, of course. Um, 
and, and but yeah, I think it's for more people than 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 not. That's so funny. Like our podcast, we always laugh because we'll have like middle aged white women who will write in and be like, "I love your yeah, show. Yeah. This is so great," and we're like. That's awesome. <laughs> like, and um, it's just an audience that we didn't intend. But, you know, when you're telling real human stories and experiences, anyone can connect with that. I want to ask you something. So <laughs> I like Uncle Nassim. <laughs> and I feel like I'm yeah. not supposed to like Uncle Nassim. But when he like shows up, like in the show, I'm like, I really love this character. And so I'm just thinking, you know, like, why include a character like Uncle Nassim in the show? And like, yeah, what's he supposed to represent in like relation to other characters, right? Because I think he is very much framed as being like sexist, like Islamic phobic, like anti-Semitic, like all of these things. But then you also get to see these like very human sides to Uncle Nassim where you're like, oh, wait. <laughs> so yeah, like why include him in the show? He's an exploration of something that um, that's really interesting to me, you know, we in 10 episodes, I think we have one conversation about Trump and it's not really the conversation that you think this type of show would have. Uh, I'm not really interested in politics on a macro level. I'm more interested in it in the family unit. And so you look at a guy like this and it's really interesting for me to see how does he continue to exist? How does he continue to proliferate? And, and you look at the way that he has financial and structural influence on this family, despite being really hard to be around and being, you know, completely, you know, one-sided and close-minded in his views. So you have someone that clearly the younger generation, even what seems to be his contemporaries between his brother-in-law and his sister aren't really on the same page as him, Right. but he's got a, a financial hold on them. And he's also like the guy that stops a fight and probably the only guy that really knows how to fix a tire yes. and, you know, can get down and like take care of stuff. And so to me, planting him early on in this series, and this is a series that I imagine we're telling stories over, you know, hopefully 20 to 30 episodes. Uh, we're, we're telling a lot of stories. It's important to see this guy because I think that's how we talk about how to deal with when that becomes Trump, when that becomes these things that are on a larger scale. Yeah, like we talk about it like it's outside of ourselves. Exactly. We talk about it like it's this thing that showed up out of nowhere, but he's in your living room. And, and, and it's important to set him up and show him and arc him and do something with him. And it doesn't have to happen at the end of that episode. Uh, but it's going to be, to me you know, looking at a season one of just, we're planting seeds, you know, mm -hmm. we're really just scratching the surface on a lot of stories. We do it with the mom, we do it with the sister, we do it with the uncle, we do it with Rami, we do it with this friend, you know, we're seeing little pieces. Um, and this was a piece that I felt we wanted to, to establish up top because the way that Rami's relationship with him grows and the way that, you know, he continues to be in the family, but, you know, we see how those around him, you know, deal with him, uh, says a lot about the types of conversations we're all trying to have on a much larger level. Mm -hmm. And so, um, he, he's an important one and, and he, uh, and he's funny, you know, it's yeah. funny. It's <laughs> funny because you know him and, and it's, and it's, there's this uh, kind of bizarreness. I can only imagine, you know, 
you click to watch Hulu and you're like, how did they let this guy on screen? <laughs> you know, I mean, like there's all these things and, and, uh, and it's exciting, um, you know, in, in positive and negative ways. Uh, and, and I'm excited to explore the positivity and negativity uh, of all of those things. Um, and, and that's really why, uh, I shy away from topical politics because I don't remember who said the quote, but I never forget the quote. When when the Egyptian revolution happened, they said, we overthrew a dictator, but the dictatorship lives on in all of our apartments. It lives on in all of our homes. We need to talk about this uh, in, in the structure of our families before it can really mean anything outside of that. And, and, and that uh, really resonated with me because it was how I've always felt. And, and it's how we approach things on this show. We, we, it doesn't matter who's president. You know, it, it, what matters is these kind of timeless things uh, that happen within a family and, and how they're dealt with. I think that's absolutely true. And I love what you said about, you know, you're planting the seeds, you're building the foundation and the groundwork for all of these characters. So I think it's definitely a testament to what you've already been able to do that we can already see some of the complexities and the nuances, even when what would traditionally just be considered a supporting cast that have, you know, lines here or there. Um, there's a lot of different narratives yeah. that you're exploring. Um, so on that note, I actually want to talk a little bit about the women in your show. You know, I know that you made it a point to uh, have, you know, your sister, have your mom, have them not just be these periphery characters in the show, but really have their own narratives, their own desires, um, their own experiences represented um, in their own, you know, from their own perspectives. And I also know, you know, just putting my own self out there, I, I'm always like super hypercritical of like, how are these Muslim women going to be portrayed? Like, you know, I was just like, yeah, well, yeah, we've been done wrong so many times. Like, I don't even know. And then I'm also hypersensitive to like, are Muslim women, like what, what these Muslim men like sort of like have to go through, but really like all they want is to end up with you know, some blonde girl, like somewhere. And so like, that's sort of attention that like, honestly, like a lot of the art that's been out, like, you know, I've been paying attention to that. So I guess my question is, you know, there's been a lot of conversation like on Twitter. I know there was an article in the Atlantic by Shamira Ibrahim. That was like a really thoughtful review of your show. And she praised it a lot, but she was curious about, you know, the extent to which your series focuses on different people's relationship to sex and the relationship that yeah. a lot of the women have to sex. So why do you think that that was an important thing to show um, in the lives of women on your show? Yeah, I read that article. I thought it was, um, I thought it was really thoughtful. I, I agreed with certain parts of it in, in terms of, you know, it's a full analysis of an incomplete story, right? So it, it, she did a good job talking about something that isn't finished so that that is probably the best way that i can sum it up uh this season deals with sex in a lot of ways and it's because when i look at my arab muslim community it's the thing we don't talk about and so the reality of it is we open up talking about my sex life and we open up talking about those things and when we shine the light on what's happening with women uh in the show with Dina, with Mesa, with other characters, it is in relation to that. And, you know, I think there's a criticism that, well, what we see with Rami is way fuller. And it's, sure, the show's called Rami. And, and, and so that is by nature, yeah, because we have nine, ep you know, we have seven episodes with Rami. We only have one episode with them. And so 
uh, we, you know, look, this isn't to say that there aren't criticisms to be had. There are criticisms to be had about uh, any TV show and, and, and this one, you know, and, and I read her piece. I thought it was great. I could, you know, I could ghostwrite a critique of my show that would be uh, <laughs> even more, you know, uh, scathing. But um, I think the important thing for me was to talk about the things that aren't being talked about. And I will say I've heard from a lot of Arab women that they feel very seen. I, I think that she had written in her article that we identify kind of this box that Muslim women are in and we identify it nicely and then uh, we don't really see them leave that. I, I think there's fairness to to that, but I also think that we're downplaying um, the fact that that box was identified. You know, I, I think that that box hasn't been identified for so long, and I think that there hasn't been uh, humanity put on on these types of characters before. And I do think um, I flat out disagreed with her assessment of the mom episode because I actually think we see many facets of her life in how she's fitting in socially that escape sex uh, completely. But I think that what we're going to look at with Dina and what I'm excited to expand and grow, of course, is her life outside of that, you know, and by no means is it is any of this perfect. But I do think we set up a character that people really love. And I think it's hard to do that, you know? And I think that the fact that people want more for her character and the fact that half the tweets are like, we just want a show with Dina is a <laughs> testament to that we did build a character that people like. So it's like, yeah. we did the thing that like no one's done. Yeah. No one's made the character, like the Dina's Muslim woman lit. character that people want. So it's like, the fact that you like want so much from her, it's like, well, yeah, that means we did do it right yeah. on a level. You just want more. And I fully agree with that. And could we have done more within the first 10? Sure. I mean, look, I, I walk, I watch back and I watch my first 10 episodes. I, I got to binge it a week before everyone else. So for sure, <laughs> of course, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, look, we could have nuanced this a little, we could have that. But I think when, when you look at, you know, the level that she's presented at, it's still on par with the rest of the show. And again, we're, we're talking about something that obviously is, um, is resonating. She's obviously a real character that pops off the screen. And so I feel like we did a really good job establishing her humanity. And I also feel like we are going to step into a lot more that isn't just about sex. But it's interesting because the it speaks to what the community doesn't want to talk about. And I'll tell you why. It's because those who don't have a bump or a bother about watching a sex scene watch my show and go, wow, all these people do is pray. <laughs> and those who have a problem with sex watch the show and go, can they do anything other than talk about or have sex? And, and, and it really speaks to where you're at with what you want and what you're uncomfortable with. And, and the truth is, you know, I, someone had done a breakdown. There are more prayer scenes in the show than there are sex scenes. But if you were to read Twitter, it makes it seem like this is a porno, you know? And, and so it, it, it's it, it really it hits on the sensitivities. Um, but look, I think a lot of the critique is uh, is really thoughtful and it's amazing. And it's like I care. I'm, I'm so happy that people care this much. And I've read a lot of things. Where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, that's great. You know, it's, it's and, they, and there's a lot of really good points. And, and and I think it's exciting to just grow from that and mature from that. Oh, I love what you said about, you know, these are full critiques on like unfinished products, essentially, that, you know, there's there's nowhere to go but season two and, and onward, hopefully. You know, on this topic, I, I have to ask a question just about 
whiteness because I did notice um, and I, I'm wondering if this is intentional, if this is sort of like you said, something that you see happening in the community that you wanted to represent um, or what the thought was behind a lot of the objects of desire. And I shouldn't say objects. I should say people, um, <laughs> yeah, people. Are, are white people <laughs> like from the barista, from, you know, the 9-11 episode, that little girl, um, you know, all the way through present day on the show. And so I'm curious about the decision to make a lot of the romantic interests, you know, these these white counterparts to a lot of the Arab main cast. Yeah, I mean, I think for Rami, you know, he actually has two interests that are very clearly not white, um, you know, with with uh, Salma and with Amani. Um, but uh, the the setup of those things, uh, which there are those setups, I think speak to the culture and the society that we live in. And they speak to kind of this um, romanticization of, you know, not just whiteness, but kind of stepping outside the confines of, of, of your community and the rules, you know, and, and it's something that I'm really interesting in dissecting. Uh, we, we planted some seeds with certain relationships because th- the reason why I think in general, our community needs to talk about sex is because when we don't, what ends up happening is those who do partake in it or partake in dating culture feel like they can't talk about it within their own community. And then what ends up happening is we end up not being intimate with each mm-hmm. other. So we, we kind of take a step back and we're like, well, I can't really be fully honest with this person in my community because it's going to get back to the, in quotes, community. And totally. so let me just <laughs> step out for a little bit. Yeah. And then what happens is you kind of step out for one step and then you're like, well, if I really want to express myself this way, I can't do it with her because of this and that. So let me just do it with this other person who's got nothing to yep. do with this. And then what ends up happening is 10 years later, mm-hmm. you just leave. You're Mm -hmm. just gone, you know, and you're just like, you know what? I don't think that faith is for me. I don't think this is, you know, what I'm about. And and we end up erasing this part of ourselves because we can't be vulnerable with each other. And so setting up these scenarios and showing these things and none of them come to like conclusive happiness. None of them come to, oh, this is the answer I was looking for. If anything, they're posed as what may seem to be solutions, but clearly are yeah. not. There's no real satisfying. There's just more problems. Any of them. <laughs> you know, it's just more problems. And so again, this is it's it's on the forefront as being one a very real thing that we long for, thinking that it has the answers. But two, again, why there is this like this focus, um, you know, on it is 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 that we're trying to really be intimate with each other. And, and so I think when we look at the white characters in this show, I, I don't believe that we are idealizing whiteness. If anything, we're viewing whiteness as a distraction. I mean, in the, in the 9-11 episode, we have, you know, uh, young Rami f- hear these points that are thrown his way that kind of rock him to his core. And they're kind of just brushed away by a sexual fantasy, which kind of says, oh, is this what's happening? Is sex just a distraction to these realities. Yeah. So, you know, the, when we're, you know, looking at the, you know, idea of, uh, whiteness and, and, and how that plays in it's, I just want to be really clear. And, and I think that the show does, I personally think the show does a good job of that. Um, this is not an ideal there. There's really problems behind every door because the, the problems we're looking at are internal and you bring your internal problems to, every situation and every relationship and and that there's no there's no color to those <laughs> things that we're all dealing with and battling 
Yeah, I really, I really like what you're saying too. Just about it makes me think about we've talked about dating on the show before, and just how sometimes you can have like the inability to bring your full self to a relationship, mm-hmm. especially when like you're dating within the Muslim community because you're afraid of like judgment. And I know particularly like women who experience this too, right? If you say like you've had sex before, you've done this, and then guys are like, whoa, whoa, don't want to talk to you anymore. Like you're yeah. not what, yeah. and, you know, and you explore this in the show where it's like, you're not what I thought a Muslim woman was supposed to be. And, you know, you kind of get like thrown away. And yeah, just, I see that a lot throughout the show of just like, having the ability to bring your full self to that relationship. Yes. Okay. So you started as a stand-up comedian and another show I'm kind of obsessed with is the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And one of the things that I love about the show is that you just get to see her bomb as a stand-up comedian and like really go through that process of like learning how to, you know, be in that space and perform Okay, can you tell us about a time where you really just like bombed a show? <laughs> oh man! If you can I mean, think of which an show? <laughs> I mean, which show? Uh, last week? Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, one. I will say just to 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 give um, credit where credit is due. I think Miss Maisel does the best job at showing how a stand-up bit is formed and grows, and the way you bomb and the way you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're really good. I mean, they're really good at it. Um, it's it's awesome. And yeah, so I, I just I, I'm a big fan of that show as well. And for me, I, I think that, you know, there's this really interesting um, kind of subsect of stand up that happens when you're a Muslim comic. Um, you know, my friend. uh great comedian uh, Azhar Usman he he talked about this with me there's these there are these shows that are essentially like muslim fundraiser shows you know there's these yes, shows where definitely been to you, those. <laughs> you know you're at a thing for refugees and for yep. <laughs> uh or something for syria something for you know and then Absolutely. they say well you know what we should get here is comedy and uh, Azhar, uh, I called it the kebab circuit, um, <laughs> but it, it, it's really, it's a fun, it, it, the, these rooms are really, they're so unique because the stakes are so high. And so I remember being at a show once and, you know, the, the uncle who was organizing it kind of came up to me and he was like, all right, brother Rami, you know, we're putting you up right before the fundraiser. Uh, <laughs> and really make them laugh because you know if they laugh they're going to feel loose their hearts are going to be open and they're going to donate more to to help That's the true. kids and, nope, and no pressure. I'm just like, wow so this is you're not just going for laughs i mean this these jokes are for the refugees you know and 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 there's this these this pressure of oh my god this needs to be funny and and later on you realize that that's actually the best spot to perform in you really want to perform before the fundraiser because after the fundraiser is a way worse spot because you're following like a slideshow of the conditions of where they're trying to send money to help and there's nothing like watching you know uh really kind of heart-wrenching footage and photography of gaza and then uh and now comedian rami yusuf uh jokes (laughs) yes and so i i would say that 
probably was one of the hardest shows I ever did was a fundraiser where not only, you know, it was at a mosque. Usually they do it at a side room at a mosque. This was uh, the side room. Something happened. No one, I still to this day don't know what happened. They were just like, yeah, we can't use the side room. We're going to use the the prayer area. And so I did comedy uh, in my socks uh, <laughs> in the prayer area, which is, I mean, it's, it's split. There's like women on one side, men on the <laughs> other. There's children running around. And it's a lot going on. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm... I feel disrespectful and I'm trying to tell everyone, guys, let's just call the show. Like, there's no point. Right. Like you don't even need to pay. Like I was, I, don't, I, I was like, you don't have to pay me. You don't have to anything. Like I'm not, I, we shouldn't do this. And, and they're like, no, everyone's excited. You know, we got to do it. <laughs> got to pump you fun. up. You know, it's going to be a good time. And, and I kind of was just, you know, so, uh, just wrenched by the morality of telling these jokes and, and I was supposed to do, you know, 40 minutes and, and I just ate it. I mean, I, I was just doing crowd work to a, a, a kid who came up. I, I spent a lot of my set asking him about his aspirations and what he wanted to do with his life and, you know, kind of trying to convince him to not do what I've done. And then uh, it kind of turned into a little bit of a town hall, just discussing some issues. And, uh, this is so funny. Very much like not comedy. Um, right. And, and, and it's amazing because you do one of those shows and then you go to, you know, I would, you know, I'd go to do like stand up on late night or something. And I was like, oh, are you nervous to do stand up on Colbert? And it's like, no, because you're supposed to do stand up there. You know, it's a <laughs> right. stage and it's set up for comedy. Um, Fully prepared fine. for that. <laughs> you know, yeah, I will be fine. Wow, um, I love and, it. And those, those, those shows are they're really amazing. Actually, I, I love them. I love doing them because I just love being, you know, with our community. I love, you know, any, if there's any way that it helps, although I think it's debatable. Um, I, I don't know what the actual equation is of comedy show helping uh, fundraising, but, you know, hopefully it helps. I actually um, donate it. <laughs> I got put on like a payment donation plan after going to like a comedy fundraiser. So I think it works. Well, there you go. I had that no intention of donating then. before I went there. <laughs> but yeah, all of a sudden I was like what? on a 12 month plan. <laughs> if that's if, if, if it did that, then uh, then it's all worth it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you have a very busy schedule. Before we sign off, where can people find you, find your show? Um, now's your time to share all of that good stuff. Oh, man, the show is on Hulu. Um, you can watch all the episodes there. Um, social media stuff. My name's on there. It's just at Rami, R-A-M-Y, uh, on, on all of it. And um and I have a special, my stand-up special is coming out um, on HBO on June 29th. Okay, flex, uh, so let them know. Last weekend, that last, last weekend of June, <laughs> you, could, uh, you could watch me uh, talk for an hour. Can't wait to it's watch. It's like an Eid gift. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on our show. And everyone, go watch Rami, all right? <laughs> Thanks, guys. So welcome. Identity Politics is a podcast created by me, Ikhlas Salim. 
This episode was produced by Khaslim and Rika Ali. And music is by Ibrahim Azam. Thanks for listening. Till next time. <laughs>